Hello, everybody, and welcome to this very special episode of The Real World. This is your host, Juan Pablo Sá, talking to you from the CITR station at UBC Point Grey Campus, located in the unceded territory of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. Today, we have a very special episode for all of you, and that is the case because I am once again joined by the one and only, the amazing, the incredible Lily Grow. Say hello, Lily. Hello. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's Lily for all of you. Uh, so yeah, for those of you who don't know, and for those of you who are just tuning in for the first time, once again, uh, here, The Real World, this is the official radio show of the UBC Film Society. Uh, we air this show every Monday from 4 to 5 p.m. So if you guys are interested in hearing some incredible takes about movies, cinema, and anything related to filmmaking and yeah, just movies in general, make sure to tune in. These episodes are also uploaded as podcasts on the CITR website. So I guess the most important thing that you should do if you're interested in movies and filmmaking and cinema is follow UBC Film Society's Instagram, at UBC Film Society. Make sure you're following our Instagram. There is where we post everything in regards to future events, beer gardens, screenings, anything and everything that UBC Film Society is doing. And there is also where we post the links for the archived episodes of the real world. Hell yeah. Speaking of beer gardens, Lily, this past Friday, we had a great experience watching none, none other than one of Lily's favorite films. What was the movie, Lily? It was Mamma Mia. Here we go again. Hell yeah. Well, not Mamma Mia, here we go again. Oh, yeah, the That's first the one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, one. Damn. We might have to talk about that another time because yeah. Juan just told me that he didn't really like the I, second that, one as much. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a fan of the second one. But it was just plain old Mamma Mia. And yes. And it was amazing. Everyone was singing along, so make sure you come out to the next beer garden. Hell, yeah. That's a, that's a glowing endorsement from Lily. Yeah, the beer garden was a lot of fun. Everyone was singing. You know, people were drinking. People were having fun. It was It was freaking great. We had fun. So yeah, as Lily said, make sure you follow our Instagram so that you don't miss out on the next beer gardens. But okay, Lily, before we jump into the main topic of the day, which is our most anticipated movies of 2023, I think, you know, before that, let's just say that a lot has happened since uh, we last spoke on the radio. You know, we could la- say that. We could say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Last time we were here, uh, the Oscar nominations hadn't been released and the Sundance Film Festival was just getting started. But now... The Oscar nominations are out, and oh my god, they are insane. <laughs> Last week, you know, Lily brought up in, in her episode of the top 10, of her top 10 favorite movies of 2022, you brought up Triangle of Sadness. Yeah. How do you feel about Triangle of Sadness getting three nominations for Best Original Screenplay, Best Director, and Best Picture? Oh my gosh, I was a bit surprised that... It- it yeah. got best picture but i'm really glad about it yeah it was in my top 10 so oh hell yeah like I, after i saw triangle of sadness like you know okay, no okay as soon as i started hearing the buzz about triangle of sadness and as soon as it won the pound dior the Cannes film festival i was like okay this has promise like so many pound dior winners have gone on to participate in the oscars like you know freaking parasite won the pound dior and that ended up winning best picture in 2019 uh, so as soon as it won the Palme d'Or, I was like, oh my god, this has a chance. But then I saw the movie at the Vancouver Film Festival, and I was like, there's no freaking way the Academy's going to nominate a movie with so much puke, so much <laughs> piss, so many bodily fluids. Like I was like, there's, there's no way. There, there's no way this is getting nominated. But it did. But it did, because there was so much more than the puke. There was I agree. So much more, and they saw it. I, and I'm yeah, glad they did. I guess I guess I I just didn't trust that the academy was going to be able to look past the puke, but I was wrong. 
<laughs> yep. Hell yeah. But yeah, Triangle of Sadness, great film. Uh, once again, the last two episodes that we did here at The Real World, the one that happened last week was all about Lily's Top 10 Movies of 2022. And the one that we did two weeks ago was all about my Top 10 Movies of 2022. So, you know, make sure you go to the CITR website and listen to the archived episodes if you guys want to know about Lily's and mine best movies of 2022. But now, that's enough looking back. 2022 has come and gone. It was a great year for filmmaking. We saw some amazing movies. But now it is time to look forward. It is time to look into the future and think about some of the incredible gems that might or might not come in the near future. So the way this episode is going to work is Lily and I, we have both made a top 10 list of our top 10 most anticipated movies of the year. Now, mind you, This list doesn't mean, oh, these are the films that we believe are going to be the best of the year. No, no, no. This is a list about how excited we are, how an- how much we anticipate these films. And, you know, of course, there are many films that fly under the radar and there are many films that we don't even know are coming out and yeah. might come out in September and October and surprise us and we might end up loving them. But we're not including them here because we just haven't heard of them, okay? So, yeah. <laughs> so don't get mad at us. Don't get mad at us. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this is this is just about an excitement. This is just about how, how much we anticipate these films. So the way this episode is going to work is we're going to go through both of our top tens. We're going to start with number 10 and we're going to make our way all the way down to our number one most anticipated film of the year. Then after we do our top tens, we are going to jump into a lightning round where I have basically compiled every movie imaginable that I could find, or, you know, at least the ones that I found somewhat interesting. Like, I'm not including literally everything because that would be fucking insane. <laughs> oh, sorry, Adam. Uh, <laughs> but uh, First Adam reference of this episode. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> how, how are you, Adam? How's everything going? I, I, hope you're, I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, after we go through our top tens, uh, we are going to go through a lightning round where I'm just going to name as many movies that are coming out in 2023 as I po- potentially can. I've divided these films in different categories. Uh, the first category is auteur. So, you know, these are films that are made by established directors that have a a, a, a pretty uh, incredible body of work. And henceforth, they are called auteurs. Uh, the second category is superhero movies. Because fuck yeah, they deserve their own category. Then the third category uh, will be franchise films, which will be basically any other franchise that is not a superhero movie franchise. Uh, then the other category is called wild cards, which are some films that I was like, I don't even know where the hell I'm going to be able to place them. Uh, then another category is for animated films, then horror. And then the last category is all about Sundance films, you know. Lily and I have been doing a research, reading about some of the movies that are coming out in this year's Sundance. And, you know, we have some interesting names that you guys better keep an eye out because they might be great. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Lily. Let's get started. Hit us with your number 10 of 2023. Number 10. I'm not sure how much I'd have to say about this because couldn't find too much information but this is a new movie coming out with michelle williams as the lead and it is showing up that is what it's called director uh-huh. is kelly reichardt uh-huh i'm not sure if i pronounced that right <laughs> but michelle williams is a sculptor and it's basically just sounds like 
pretty simple premise her life as an artist balancing her work family friends but basically i'm just like obsessed with michelle williams and i'm very excited to see her in this yeah no i, I mean uh this film is not in my list spoiler alert uh but uh, <laughs> uh yes uh, kelly reichardt and michelle williams uh they have worked together in previous films they have worked together in the past and they're like this dynamic duo they were you know they keep coming back for more films uh, i think their most famous film together is this movie called wendy and lucy um which is about like yeah this you know woman trying her best to survive while she's taking care of her dog but you know she's struggling um i saw this movie when i was way too young so i hated it so uh, who knows maybe if i rewatch it now i'll i'll freaking love it but i don't know you know i i didn't have a good time watching wendy and lucy back in the day so uh, that's the reason why i'm like why i'm not so much looking forward for this one but you are correct michelle williams is absolutely incredible uh she just got did she get nominated? Yeah. Yeah, yeah she got nominated for best, best actress, actress for The Fable Man. As... I didn't see that one coming either, but Hey, <laughs> that, that was great. Yeah, as, as Spielberg's mother. Yeah, she definitely deserved it. So yeah, that that's that's a great number 10. Once again, that is not in my list, but hell yeah. Okay. Now, your number 10. My number 10 of 2023, my number 10 most anticipated film of the year. I had a tough time, you know, deciding what to put in the number 10, but I had to go with this one. because this is a film that you know it contains who i believe to be one of the last movie stars in hollywood this is a guy that has so much dedication to the craft that he is literally willing to fly fighter jets in real life he's willing to learn how to fly a helicopter he held his breath for 6 minutes he went free solo rock climbing in like a freaking cliff the dedication of this guy to cinema is unmeasurable and of course I'm talking about the one and only Tom Cruise. Mm. You know, he just hit us with an absolute masterpiece with Top Gun Maverick in 2022, and this year he is coming back to the big screen with Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part 1. Lily, what are your thoughts on the Mission Impossible franchise? Spoiler alert, that one's not on my list either. <laughs> um, so it looks like we might not actually have much crossover oh. here, but that's a that's a good thing. Hell yeah, we'll cover more ground. I'm not sure how much i've seen of the franchise but from what you remember did you enjoy it i think i've only seen one whoa <laughs> <laughs> well i think it's time, i think it's time you start getting into it lily yeah i better because... get into it before this one comes out so that i'm all up to date hell yeah i i think mission impossible is amazing that's one of the franchises that i grew up with uh you know and it it always fascinated me to see the stunts get bigger and crazier and more extreme as yeah. you know Tom Cruise started growing as like this this huge personality and they started allowing him to do crazier and crazier and crazier things. Uh, I think one of the best cinematic experiences I've ever had was watching the last Mission Impossible film, the Mission Impossible 6. Uh, I watched it in LA like in the Arclight Theater. I was in a in a filmmaking th- summer camp. Uh and all all of our class we went to watch Mission Impossible huge screen. Everyone was excited, everyone was screaming. Uh we saw Tom Cruise breaking his leg in front of us like for real. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, he literally broke his leg doing one of the stunts and that is the shot they kept. It's insane. But yeah, no, I mean apart from the fact that the cinematography in this film is, uh, is amazing and apart from the fact that uh you know the stunts are of course absolutely incredible, I also think this the story is quite cool and you know, I'm excited to see how they try to close this franchise out with Dead Reckoning Part 1 and eventually Part 2. So yeah, that is my number 10. We'll see if I can get into that <laughs> franchise. <but laughs> uh 
um i'll check it out and mm. report back to you juan yeah i'm not sure it's gonna be your cup of tea but you know i'm very <laughs> happy to hear i think that's why i haven't really been drawn to it um <laughs> in the first place but you know we have to try new things so hell yeah and i i freaking love that lily <laughs> up to number nine we're yes. going um i have wonka in my number nine amazing you know what it's a crazy cast it's We've got a lot of stars in it, so I'm excited for it. It's a prequel, so that's kind of cool. Uh huh. I'm excited to see the lead up of opening the factory, meeting mm-hmm. the Oompa Loompas. Kind of exciting. We'll see what Timothy Chalamet does with it. Hell yeah. Um, nothing more than that, I guess. It it just it seems to be have a lot of buzz around it. People are excited about it, so. I am so freaking excited for Wonka. <laughs> Wonka's not in my top 10, but I struggled. I struggled. I really wanted to put it in. But the main reason why I really wanted to put it in is because of its director. Why didn't it make the cut then? Ah, because there are some other ones that you just wait and see, Lily. There are <laughs> there are some other ones that I'm just I'm just dying to watch. Uh but yeah, no, the, the main reason why I'm very excited for Wonka is, you know. First of all, Timothy Chalamet, the guy's amazing. You know, the, the, the amount of versatility that he has shown yeah. and the amount of different roles that he has taken is absolutely incredible. I can't wait to see him take on a musical because, yeah, by the way, this film is a musical. And there's like some leaked footage of Timothy Chalamet singing on top of a horse carriage. And oh. it's like snowing. And I'm like, this, this looks so charming. This looks so beautiful. Um, but yeah, the main reason why I'm very excited is because this film is directed by the one and only Paul King. Are you familiar with that name, Lily? Mm, not particularly. Why are you excited about that? Well, let me tell you, Lily. Okay. Paul King is the guy behind two of the films that I consider to be the most heartwarming movies I've ever seen. <laughs> this is the guy behind Paddington and Paddington freaking 2. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> How can you not get excited about that? Yeah. Uh, that's so yeah that, you know I, I think that's a match made in heaven uh, so yeah one of the reasons why it's not in my list is because I just have 10 other movies that I'm more excited to watch uh, and the other reason why it's not in my film is because I suspect that it might get pushed into 2024 uh, hmm. because right now its release date is like super close to Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom and they are both Warner Bros properties hmm. and the word on the street is Warner Bros doesn't have too much money right now to release movies and do like proper advertisement campaigns like that yeah that, that's the main reason God. why like yeah, yeah classic <laughs> warner brothers <laughs> but uh that's the main reason why like last year uh like initially four dc superhero movies were meant to be released but then they all got pushed and like sparsed out in between years because they just don't have the money to release them all hmm. so like flash shazam fury of the gods and aquaman all were meant to be released last year but now got relegated to this one so that's the reason why I'm like, maybe maybe, they, maybe it won't make it. Maybe okay. it won't make its release. So tune in in a year's time and we might be talking <laughs> yeah. about our anticipation of Wonka again. Yes, for our most anticipated of 2024, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but okay, I think that is the perfect time to go into our first musical break. And we are going to play a song that is very much related to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. This was Lily's pick, and I think it's absolutely charming. (laughs) I'm not putting you on the spot (laughs) at all. Yeah, no. Okay, here. Let me turn on the aux cord. There it is. And here's the song. Whoa. Is that not playing? Huh. 
Some technical difficulties. It's meant to be playing. Can you can you tell us some more about Wonka <laughs> in the meantime, Lily? Do well, you do you love Willy Wonka? What do you think of the other two films? I do love it. I've I haven't actually seen the Johnny Depp one, but I've seen the other. I think it's very charming. A lovely little story. Uh huh. Except and for the part where they chop a chicken's head off. It's a lovely little story, except for that. <laughs> <laughs> and some of the gruesome little aspects of what happens yeah. to the children in the chocolate factory. Um, a few questionable things, but it's a beautiful set. Yeah. I can't yeah. imagine it's going to be a very magical set for this one. So I'm excited about that. And Willy Wonka himself is a crazy character. Oh, yeah. I remember being in awe when he starts his somersaulting, like when he's yeah. exiting that first. So... I guess seeing a younger version of him, um, we'll see wh- how he came to be. Hell yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I know I'm probably going to lose all credibility by saying that what I'm about to say, but... Just say it, just say it. I think I might prefer the Tim Burton one over <laughs> over the original 1970-something. Oh. Yeah, I know, I'm in, the, I'm in the very, very small minority, but I don't know, there's just something in Johnny Depp's performance that is just freaking enchanting, and you know, the Tim Burton aesthetic is just... I don't know, so cool and so like creepy and fun and colorful. Yeah, and, and, uh, it does have the creepy. Cool. But hey, m- m- maybe it's just my nostalgia speaking because you know the the Willy Wonka movie that I grew up with was the Tim yeah. Burton one. I only saw the original 1973, 75. Well, I don't remember, but I only saw the 1970s version like during the pandemic. So mm. I don't have that much nostalgia for that one. But yeah. okay, second try. Let's see if the music works now. Ah, it's working. Hell yeah. See you guys after the musical break. Boys and girls. Chocolate Hold your breath. Make a wish. Count to three. Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Take a look and you'll see into your imagination. We'll begin with a spin. Traveling in the world of my creation, what we'll see will defy explanation. If you want to view paradise, simply look around and view it. Anything you want to do it Want to change the world There's nothing to it Take a 
no life I know to compare with pure imagination. Living there, you'll be free if you truly wish to be. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkaminam-speaking Musqueam people. Are you looking for ways to be a part of the community through low-stakes opportunities like volunteering? What about making friends that are really cool or have some common interests? Well, I'm here to tell you that at CITR, you can come volunteer at Volunteer Wednesdays, happening every other Wednesday from 12 to 3 with a really fun activity each time, like making signs or button making. Not only is it a great break from outside stress, but a great opportunity to be a part of the community. For more information, you can visit CITR's Instagram page at CITR and Discorder. Welcome back to the real world. This is your host, Juan Pablo Sá, talking to you from CITR 101.9 FM Vancouver. And I am here, once again, joined by the incredible, the amazing Lily. Say hello. Hello. Hell yeah. I was yeah. waiting for my cue. That's our usual. Ah, I see. I see. You, you've learned. You've learned that yeah. that's your cue. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll keep that in mind for future episodes. Okay. Uh, but okay. So I hope you guys all enjoyed that amazing musical break. 
uh, of a fantastic song from the original uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. A classic. A yes. Classic. <laughs> For those of you who just tuned in, uh, there is a reason why we're playing that song. <laughs> we're not just playing Willy Wonka music just out of the blue. That's our go-to yeah. whenever we're on walk. Yeah, yeah. Like that, we just play that. No, it was because Wonka is my number nine most anticipated film coming out in 2023. Yes. Maybe coming out in 2023. <laughs> Maybe coming out in 2023 we'll see about as, that. as we've discussed. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, once again, this whole episode is all about Lily's and mine most anticipated movies of 2023. Uh, so just to give you a brief recap, Lily's number 10 was... Showing up. My number 10 was Mission Impossible De- M- Mission Impossible Dead <laughs> Reckoning Part 1. Then Lily's number 9 was... Wonka. And now my number 9 is... Okay, hear me out. Take it away. Hear me out. <laughs> oh, gosh. There's another filmmaker that is... It's a bit controversial. You know... <laughs> People, people kind of like to hate on him, but I don't think he deserves the hate. I think this guy is an absolute outer. I think his artistic vision is unparalleled. I think his visuals are absolutely insane. This is a guy who, he is a comic book fan. He knows comic books. And his previous adaptations of comic book movies have been breathtaking, in my opinion. I'm talking, of course, about the one and only Zack Snyder, you know, who previously directed Zack Snyder's Justice League. Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, Man of Steel, and has also directed a bunch of other zombie movies that I personally don't like as much as his superhero stuff. Oh, he also directed Watchmen, which, oh my god, in my opinion, Watchmen is one of the most underrated superhero movies of all time. Yeah, the ending is completely different to the ending of the comic book, but so what? It's still freaking great. Now, anyway, (laughs) I like Zack Snyder, as you probably already guessed by (laughs) what I already said. Uh, I think he's great. I think his, his, his... his visuals, his visual aesthetic is really, really strong. Um, yeah, I think the way he uses the medium to tell stories visually is absolutely unparalleled. His use of sound and music is incredible. Um, you know, some of his scripts can be a bit wonky every so often, but ah, that's fine. The point is, he has a new film coming out this year for Netflix, and this film is called Rebel Moon. And I'll tell you a little bit about Rebel Moon. <laughs> so Zack Snyder, uh, basically, he has wanted to make a Star Wars movie for a very long time. Uh, and after his adventure or misadventure at DC, because, you know, many of his films at DC were very controversial uh, and he didn't leave in the best of terms. But after that, he tried pitching a Star Wars movie to Disney. Uh, Disney, they, of course, rejected his pitch, which, you know, makes sense. You know, Zack Snyder is a very controversial filmmaker. It makes sense that such a controversial franchise as Star Wars wouldn't want to add even more controversy than they already have. Yeah. Uh, so Zack Snyder couldn't make his Star Wars movie with Di- with Disney. So then he basically got a deal with with Netflix, and this film, Rebel Moon, is basically what would have been his Star Wars movie, only with completely different names and, you know, completely different designs to, you know... He basically changed it into a completely different world, but it is, in essence, what would have been his Star Wars movie. And yeah, I'm just very excited. I, I I really love Zack Snyder. I freaking adore Zack Snyder's Justice League. You know, not the original 2017 Justice League. That one freaking sucks. And in my opinion, it's one of the worst superhero movies ever made. But his version of Justice League is freaking incredible. I love the guy. I love his vision. I love his aesthetic. And I can't wait to see what he does with a freaking sci-fi epic. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> any thoughts on Zack Snyder, Lily? I haven't seen any of these. Oh, really? No. Nope. Well, I also have a feeling it might not be your cup of tea. 
I'll give it a try. Uh, like maybe. I'll probably say about a lot of your <laughs> films you're going to talk uh, about. You see, the, this, the, this is what I love, Lily. You know, we complement each other. We have different opinions, yeah. okay? We give you a complete overview of the entire cinematic spectrum, okay? Yeah. It's mm. the best pairing. You'll hear about the whole range on this episode. Hell yeah. Things that are coming out. So should we move to number mm. eight? Yes. Okay. What is your number eight, Lily? Number eight, basically... Because it's got the director's name attached to it, uh-huh. Wes Anderson. And this is Asteroid City. So I'm pretty excited about that. It's also got such a cool cast. Margot Robbie, she's also, well, she's got a big year coming up. We'll get to that later. Uh-huh. She's in a couple things. But she had a big year in 2022. So I'm excited to see her. Hong Chow, Edward Norton, all just some fan favorites i guess is so, it steve carell also there steve carell yeah i think so <laughs> I, i might be wrong but yeah so you you a big wes anderson Tom fan Hanks. um well it's and then it's got roman coppola and wes anderson on the writers and so they work together obviously um on like moonrise kingdom all sorts of things so i'm excited to see that pairing um yeah hell yeah so you what love you, you love Wes Anderson. Lily, I do. Basically. I haven't I haven't seen um, all of his films, but the one that's that I've seen, I've really I've Hell really yeah. enjoyed. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Asteroid City is another film that is not on my top ten, but it barely barely made it. It, it almost made it. <laughs> it, oh. it could have made it, uh, but yeah, it is it is not on my top ten. Um, Wes Anderson, you know him and I, we have a we have a weird relationship. <laughs> uh, at first, I really wasn't into his style, and I really wasn't into his movies. I don't know, I guess when I was just getting started into films, I've always prioritized, like, you know, story and script and mm-hmm. character over visuals and aesthetics. And at first, when I was just getting into Wes Anderson, for me, most of his films felt like a bit too much style over substance, I guess, yeah. in a way. So at first, I was a bit turned off by his films. That said, I came back later on and I, you know, I, I made it a point to watch all of his films. Right now, I've watched all of his movies. Uh, and I love many of them. Now now I, I really, really love some of his films. I adore Rushmore. I, in my opinion, that's his, that's his best film. I also love uh, freaking Grand Budapest Hotel. What a masterpiece. Moonrise Kingdom, The Royal Tenenbaums, Fantastic Mr. Fox. This guy has some bangers. Yeah. That said, his last film, uh, The French Dispatch, I, I wasn't a fan of. That is one I've never seen. Yeah, no, I, I, it, it's a shame. I was really excited for the French Dispatch because I was like, oh my god, I finally get Wes Anderson. Like, I'm finally a fan. I'm mm-hmm. loving his work. I, I, I got it. Like, you know, I'm so excited for this film. But then, the French Dispatch, it, it once again felt so much like style over substance. Like, I thought the stories were just so meh. But you know, the style is beautiful because, of course, it's Wes Anderson, yeah, so it, it looks symmetrical and the colors are beautiful and everything. But you know, it just. The French Dispatch didn't do it for me to the extent that now I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not so excited for Asteroid City. But I am certainly, I do have my fingers crossed that it is, you know, great and that I do indeed enjoy it. Was this coming in with the auteur? <laughs> this this was coming the into end? the auteur lightning round. Yeah, okay. Uh, But yes, okay, so that was Lily's number eight. Now my number eight. I, I just realized that like the... the <laughs> The first five in my list are literally blockbusters. So, yeah, we're going to another blockbuster. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm not going to know anything. <laughs> and my number eight is, Lily, there are some franchises that 
are perfect and have a perfect freaking ending. <laughs> there are some franchises that have a perfect ending and then they decide to bring them back like a couple of years later and sometimes they succeed and sometimes they fail miserably. Most of the time they fail uh, miserably. No, hey, Top Gun Maverick and Blade Runner 2049 and Planet of the Apes, you know, those are absolute successes. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, the point is uh okay, I'm talking about Indiana Jones, okay? The first three Indiana Jones absolute masterpieces. Mm-hmm. I freaking adore those films. Uh Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh freaking uh uh Temple of Doom and The Last Crusade are, you know, some of the best movies I've ever seen. I absolutely love them. My personal favorite being The Last Crusade. I freaking love Sean Connery as Indiana Jones' father. Uh I feel like that father-son relationship is one of the most beautiful parts of the Indiana Jones franchise. Of course, Steven Spielberg eventually came back and made Indiana Jones and and the and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which it, it wasn't great. Have you have you seen that one, Lily? No. It's it's not good. <laughs> didn't. And for many years, you know, it felt like that was going to be the ending of Indiana Jones and you know, it it honestly what a shame because it, it three absolutely incredible films, yeah. then a fourth one that just absolutely sucks. And then we just leave the franchise with like this sour note. You want to finish it off on a good note? Hell yeah. So, here we are. And that's why now this year James Mangold, the director of Ford v Ferrari, the oh, director yeah. of Logan and the director of The Wolverine, three freaking incredible films, he is now directing Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And not only that, but Harrison Ford is coming back and on top of that, one of my favorite actors of all time, Mads Mikkelsen, which by the way, If you guys haven't seen Matt Mickelson in The Hunt, that is or or in another round. Any of those performances are are two of the best performances I've ever seen. But the point is Matt Mickelson is amazing. I absolutely love him and I can't wait to see him play a Nazi villain in this film. Mm-hmm. It's going to be amazing. There's also apparently going to be time travel and stuff. Oh. I'm so excited, Lily. It sounds exciting. I could get on board with that. Didn't make it into my top 10, but <laughs> I'm a little bit more excited about that than a few of your other mentions. We'll say Whoa, that. We'll shade. Say that. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> What are your thoughts on the first three Indiana Jones movies, Lily? I think I've only seen the first one. How fucking da- <laughs> Sorry, Adam. How dare you, Lily? Okay, <laughs> this cannot become just the shaming about these franchises. I'm sorry. I've seen the first. Uh-huh. I just... I feel like I've only got on board for like these long franchise series like a few times. I see. And, and one of those is Mamma Mia. And it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, hey, that, hey, that's amazing. But um Adam, uh I think you need to sit down Lily and make her watch some Indiana Jones movies. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that is my number eight, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Now, Lily, what is your number seven? My number seven, I have I wonder if this will be in yours. I have The Killer. It is in mine. Okay, okay, okay. Oh hell yeah. Is it, it is coming in mine. up or is it high? It's very high. Okay. <laughs> it's so very freaking high. I'm excited about this one. It's And that says something for me because it's psychological. It's a little creepy, not something I'd usually go for, but again, it's got the name attached to it, David Fincher, who has directed uh... He's directed, I've seen Fight Club, obviously, um, a bunch of stuff. The Social Network. Uh-huh. He also this... directed Seven, Gone Girl, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, yeah. The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. The guy's a legend. Yeah. So basic, that's what he has going for him because he's the, a legend. So I'm excited. I hope it doesn't let me down, um, especially because I'll be stepping out of my comfort zone to watch 
a creepier movie. You hear that, David Fincher? Please don't let Lily down. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you do, she's gonna go back to watching Mamma Mia on loop. Okay. And it's Michael Fassbender, which I heard that a lot of people are really excited about. Do you do you like him? I love Michael Fassbender. I feel like he's gotten really unlucky, and that he has taken some very questionable roles that have like sort what? of tanked his career. Like Assassin's Creed, <laughs> which fucking oh sorry, which freaking sucked. Uh, you know he also acted in the Alien, you know uh, Prometheus, Alien Covenant, which I'm a fan of those films, but most people aren't. Uh, he also acted in The Snowman, which I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's like one of the worst movies like ever, like one of the most boring movies ever. So yeah, Michael Fassbender's career is not doing so hot, but but I love him. I think he's an incredible, incredible actor. I think he's a great actor too, so I'm hoping, yeah, this will be some redemption for him, and this will be good. I'm excited for that. Hell yes, the killer is all, is coming up later on in my list, and you know, in a higher spot. Uh, but yeah, the the main reason why I'm excited for this is first of all, David Fincher for me, one of the best directors of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other reason is because David Fincher is once again teaming up with the writer, with the co-writer that he wrote Seven with. So he's literally coming, going back to his basics, to his roots, to his detective thrillers, film noir roots. And I can't freaking wait. Hell yeah. Now, my number seven. You'd never guess it, Lily. Another blockbuster. No way, no way. <laughs> <laughs> and this is, this is the only Marvel entry in my list. But I, I just have to include it. My number seven is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. What can I say? I... Am a Marvel fan, as you guys probably already know. Uh, Marvel has treated me wrong in the past couple of years. I I need to say that some of the previous Marvel films haven't been great, and I've actually quite hated many of them. But what can I say? You know, Marvel had such a huge impact on on me, on on my upbringing, on me growing up. Like it's such a pivotal part, pivot, pivotal, pivotal, such an important part of my childhood and my upbringing that I just. Like, there's no way I cannot get excited for a Marvel movie. And this is a film that I'm really excited for because the Guardians of the Galaxy, out of any other team in Marvel, that is the team that I am the most attached to. I think that the two Guardians of the Galaxy films that we've gotten, Guardians Volume 1 and Volume 2, are two of the best MCU movies, in my opinion. I think James Gunn is a very talented director. And this is going to be his last goodbye in Marvel before stepping all the way into DC which he's now going to be like the big boss man of the DC, of the new DC universe, which, by the way, he will be announcing his new slate of DC movies tomorrow. So we might talk about that next week. <laughs> A brief little uh, introduction about that. But yeah, you know, love James Gunn. I love the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Rocket Raccoon is such a cool character. And I love the fact that... It- <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh at me, Lily. I know it's a talking raccoon, but he's incredible, okay? And, uh, you know, the fact that in this third movie, apparently we're going to delve deep into Rocket's backstory and into how, you know, the, the animal abuse, the experimentation that went behind this freaking raccoon literally being able to talk and, you know, stand on his two legs. And it looks like it's going to be sad. It looks like it's going to be a sad one. It looks like some guardians might die. And I don't know if I'm ready for that because I love them so much, but I'm very excited. Okay, that sounds like it might be emotional. You seem yeah. a bit attached to some of the characters. Yeah, please don't Hopefully kill it's Rocket. Not the please don't kill Rocket. <laughs> under no circumstance. Have you Just... seen the Guardians movies, Lily? No. Uh, that's fine. No worries, Lily. We good. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's perfectly fine. But yeah, I, I'm very excited for that one. Now, what's your number six, Lily? 
In number six, I have Killers of the Flower Moon. I'm excited for this. Um, the plot just sounds really interesting. I never heard of it. And then I read about, so it's based on a book by David Gran, who wrote about it because he had never really heard about this kind of series of murders that happened um, with the Osage tribe in the U.S., um, and so he decided to write a novel about it, and now it's being adapted into a film. And so it just sounds like an interesting thing to learn about, I guess, because I had never heard of this huge kind of mass event that was happening. And it, it was in the 1920s, uh, and it's just about the FBI investigation, or I guess lack of, if it wasn't really being taken on at the pace it should have been. Hell yeah. Spoiler alert, Killers of the Flower Moon is on my list and it is all the way up because there's something vital that Lily forgot to mention and that is that this film is directed <laughs> by the one and only, one of the greatest filmmakers <laughs> of all time, one of the people that got me into filmmaking and got me sitting right here right now talking about movies, the one and only Martin freaking Scorsese, okay? Any year that a Martin Scorsese film comes out, that film is going to be in my most anticipated films of the year. It, it, it's just a done deal. It has to happen. I love Martin Scorsese. I can't wait to see him teaming up once again with both Leo DiCaprio yeah. and Robert De Niro in a single film. That's freaking insane. And yeah, as Lily said, the story sounds amazing. You know, the source material has, you know, a lot of acolytes and a lot of people talk very highly of that source material. Uh, you know, the story sounds great. The actors are amazing. The director is incredible. The screenwriters are incredible. Everything is incredible. This film has the potential to be just one of the all-time best Scorsese films, I think, in my opinion. Let's let's wait and see. I love The Irishman, so I'm excited. <laughs> Do, are you a fan of Scorsese, Lily? Um, well, I didn't mention him because it's not particularly what drew me in, but Fair. <laughs> I mean, I'm ex I saw the name and that Hell yeah. excited me as well, but I think it was more the story and it is Leo as well. So that's pretty, pretty exciting. Lily, have you seen The Departed? No. Oh, what is that one? That is my personal favorite Martin Scorsese film. Okay. That is a film for which he finally won the Best Director Oscar. Oh, wow. I think it's such a good movie. I freaking adore The Departed. But not only The Departed, but Goodfellas, Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, uh, freaking, um, what, what is it, Shutter Island. The, the, it, it's incredible. The, the, the Last Temptation of Christ, Silence. <laughs> Martin Scorsese, what a legend. Dude, I, fucking, I freaking love you, man. I can't wait to watch Killers of the Flower Shout Board. out if you're listening. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Juan loves you. Yeah, Marty, you know, um, you're probably not that uh, happy about the fact that I have a Marvel movie in my list uh, because <laughs> we all know what you think about that. But... A, you know, you can still feel proud about the fact that Killers of the Flower Moon is a lot higher than yeah, all yeah. the other superhero films in my something. list. Anyways, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. My number six is a, a Marvel superhero movie. <laughs> oh my god! But, but this, is, this is not part How of the exciting. MCU, okay? Okay. It is a Marvel superhero movie. It is not part of the MCU. And it is a sequel to the film that won Best Animated Feature in 2018. And I'm talking, of course, about... Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is one of the best surprises I've ever had in my life. I went into that film expecting the worst because, first of all, 
I'm don't have that much faith in Sony, and I don't really like what they've done with the Spider-Man characters. Mm. I thought the their mishandling of Sam Raimi's trilogy towards the end was horrible. I thought that what they did with the amazing Spider-Man, the one with Andrew Garfield, yeah. also ended up failing miserably. Mm. I freaking hate Venom, Venom, and Venom 2. Fucking unwatchable. Uh, I think Morbius is one of the worst superhero movies I've ever seen. So yeah. Lo and behold, I I don't have that much faith in Sony, so I went into this movie expecting the worst because I was like, okay, animated Spider-Man movie made by Sony without the involvement of the MCU and of Kevin Feige, this is probably gonna suck. And oh my god, it is honestly one of the best superhero movies I've ever seen. The script is incredible, the visuals are incredible, the character work is absolutely incredible, the music, the sound, the visuals, the moments—it's just. It's just everything that you could ever want from a superhero movie all in one. It pushed the animation, you know, the medium of animation in ways that were unprecedented, I guess. It did this weird mix in between 3D animation and 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 2D animation. The movie is beautiful, it's energetic, it's full of colors and power and I I love Into the Spider-Verse. Are you into comics? Like the comic books cuz it kind of keeps that the magic of the comics in its animation. Oh, yeah. Is that part of it? Yeah, yeah, it's it, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> There are many moments where like the the animation style changes and you see like the little ink yeah. marks as if yeah. it was printed on a on a comic page and it's it's the attention to detail in that movie is incredible. The character work is surprisingly strong. The relationship between Miles Morales and his father and his uncle is beautiful and heartbreaking and uh, What an incredible movie. I can't wait for the second one. And I can't wait to see the one and only my Latino brother Oscar Isaac as freaking uh, Jason O'Hara Spider-Man from the future. Spider-Man from the future. Hell yeah. That's exciting. <laughs> In the second movie, uh the trailer looks amazing. I I can't wait for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Have I'm you have you seen the first one? Um I'm dreading you asking me this question because <laughs> I've only seen half of it. <laughs> How? Um, <laughs> How did you pause it? <laughs> let's move on from that. Um Jake Johnson, that's who I'm excited to hear from. Yes. Um I love that guy. Yes. Favorite ever. Um so I will finish the movie. Um You better. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to not finish it. It wasn't because I didn't like it. It I, it was just a random thing. No, that's that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> uh but uh yeah, it uh Uh, speaking of Jake Johnson, so you know, you you know how in the first spider in the first uh, into the Spider Verse film, uh, he was like having relationship problems with his Mary Jane, and he had like mm. broken up, and he was like gaining weight because you know he wasn't with Mary Jane's anymore. Okay, yeah. I mean, kind of spoiler alert for you, which you okay. haven't seen the first one. That's At fair. the end, he goes back to his universe, and you know he's gonna try his best to patch things up with his Mary Jane once again. Aww. And now in the trailer for the second one. He shows up in the trailer and he's holding like one of those little baby carriages. Oh my god. So gosh. he patched things up and now he has a daughter and I can't freaking wait. Oh, that's exciting. That is exciting. Hell yeah. I deserve the spoiler alert. Like <laughs> honestly for what I did. I can't blame you. How dare you, Lily? <laughs> Anyways, um I'm excited about that one too. It didn't make it into my top 10, but it almost did. Yeah, hell yeah. It was on the mind. Amazing. But now Uh, it is time we go into our second musical break, and you know, of course, we're gonna listen to a song from Into the Spider Verse. This is Sunflower, and let me turn the aux cord on. Here it is. Mm-hmm. 
caffeinated and do you hate that greedy soulless international conglomerates are succeeding in the cutthroat world of coffee sounds like local coffee roasters trek coffee is for you trek coffee is 100 percent indigenous and military veteran owned and operated let's keep small businesses thriving stop by sunshine convenience on fourth the super value on commercial or grocery checkout in the nest to pick up some trek coffee today you know what i could go for right now authentic flour tortillas pan fried until golden brown yum or vegan taco kits filled with traditional mexican chilies and spices yeah that sounds good or how about vegan potato and chorizo taquitos how can i get these foods immediately buy lita's mexican foods sounds delicious tell me more Lita's Mexican Foods is a female-managed, plant-based Mexican food innovator in BC. Their products come pre-packaged and frozen at tons of local grocery stores around Metro Vancouver. Not to mention they can be cooked in under 10 minutes! Wow, that sounds perfect for me. I've been so busy lately and dinner takes so long to make. Where can I get my hands on some Lita's Mexican Foods? Lots of places! Whole Foods, Choices, Stongs, Vegan Supply, Donald's, and even UBC Bookstore. Hey, where are you going? To buy some Lita's Mexican foods. See you later. See ya. And welcome back to the real world. This is your host, Juan Pablo Sá, talking to you from CITR 101.9 FM Vancouver. I hope you'll enjoy that musical break. But now it is time to jump back into our topic, which is Lily's and mine top 10 movies. No, no, top 10 most anticipated movies of 2023. <laughs> 
Uh, so, Lily, can you give us a brief rundown of your picks from number 10 to number 6? Yeah, I've got Showing Up, Wonka, Asteroid City, The Killer, Killers of the Flower Moon. Amazing. My 10 to 6 are number 10, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, number 9, Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon, number 8, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, number 7, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and number 6, Spider-Man Across the (laughs) Spider-Verse. Now, Lily, hit us with your number 5. I've got a franchise one, so I'm very excited to say it, and it is... The Hunger Games. Of course! The Ballad of Songbirds uh, and Snakes. How did you not guess that? I don't know. I don't know. Is that one on your radar? It, it is in my radar, but it is not on my list. Okay. Well, I'm so excited for it. I love the Hunger Games um, movies. I think it's a bit scary going into it, not knowing that I'm going to see those familiar faces that are so comforting from the first ones, but it looks like it's going to be a pretty cool cla- cast. It's Rachel Zegler, so that's a fresh face that has been introduced to us kind of recently. So I'm excited to see her. Um, And this is also a prequel. We're looking at Snow's character um, when he was younger. So another situation where we'll kind of hopefully see how this crazy guy got to be the way he is. Hell yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. They are not giving us much with their trailer, but... It's the Hunger Games. How can you not be excited? <laughs> I've seen those movies so many times. So Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I never got into Hunger Games that much when I was younger. Like, I, I was big into, like, the young adult stuff. Like, I, I loved Harry Potter so much. The Harry Hunger Potter. Games, Maze Runner. Did you see? And Maze Runner was not. Uh, yeah. Maze Runner. So I got into Harry Potter and Percy Jackson. Those okay. were, like, my two cores. Okay. I, okay, not the Percy Jackson movies. F those terrible but the percy jackson books okay oh, incredible uh but yeah the three ones that i never got into was hunger games maze runners and divergent like I, I i never i never got into any of those three but you know i know that it has a lot of fans like the hunger games was hugely successful like i think to this day it is still one of the most successful franchises for mgm mm-hmm. and i completely get why you're excited i mean i'm just looking at the imdb page right now and the main reasons why i'm excited is i just realized that Viola Davis is in this film, which for in my in my book, Viola Davis can do no wrong. True. Uh, also, Peter Dinklage, freaking Tyrion Lannister. Tyrion Lannister from Game of Thrones is playing Casca Highbottom, whatever the hell that is. <laughs> Lily, do you know who Casca Highbottom is? No. Wow, you're such a fake fan. Fake fan How dare? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't have much to say. I, I guess I'm excited, Lily. Good. You should be. What do you, do we know when it's coming out? Like, do we know what month it's coming out, or have they not said anything yet? Mm, not that I've seen. I guess we'll keep an eye out on that. Yes. And my Ooh, my November. Oh, November. I think. Uh huh. Curious. Uh, now my number five is a repeat. We've already talked about it, so we don't have to talk about it anymore. But my number five is Killers of the Flower Moon. Once again, Martin Scorsese, in my opinion, one of the best directors of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leo DiCaprio and and De Niro teaming up in a Scorsese movie. Come on, like just take my money. What else <laughs> do you want? Uh, that's that's incredible. So that's my number five. Now, Lily, what's your number four? Number four, um, I have Oppenheimer. Hell yes! <laughs> <laughs> Hell yes! Um. The first, and I don't actually know, I'd have to go back and see how many Christopher Nolan movies I've seen, but the first one I saw was The Prestige, and 
Mm. I was in awe. I really, really liked it. Um, I saw it a while back and I don't know. I've liked him ever since. So I'm excited for this. Um, I like Emily Blunt. It's got a pretty good cast as well. Oh, yeah. Florence Pugh. Pew, 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 pew. So I'm <laughs> obsessed with her. I can't wait to see her in that. Um, and she's in the MCU. She's the new Black Widow. Oh, good. Gotta, <laughs> gotta get on that. You gotta get on that. And then that. it's also got the same cinematographer. Because when I watched, I watched the trailer and cinematography is what stood out. I was like, this, this looks like it's going to be pretty cool. And it's the same guy nominated for cinematography for Dunkirk. What's I'm, his name? I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it. Hoyt Van... Hoytemer? Hoyt Van Hoytemer? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, he's incredible. So I'm very excited about that. I'm glad I looked into it. So he's clearly been recognized for his work before. So we'll see what he does with this again. Because right away I was like, wow, this he'll, looks beautiful. He also did the cinematography for Interstellar, Tenet, and most recently Nope. Which Oh yeah, Nope. I, think I saw nope that too. I think Nope is absolutely <laughs> stunning. Uh, also the music is from Ludwig Gornson, who is also freaking incredible. But yeah, Oppenheimer. Okay, once again, spoiler alert, Oppenheimer is going to be way up in my list. <laughs> I I think I'm as big of a Christopher Nolan fan as they come. In my opinion, this guy has made at least eight movies. No, okay, seven, at least seven movies that I would give 10 out of 10. 10 like, out of 10. I, I, I am not kidding. You know, if there are two people that were responsible for getting me into film and igniting my passion for filmmaking are Steven Spielberg and Christopher Nolan. I love Christopher Nolan. I, I love... Scorsese. Uh, no, he's, he's also... He's, he's, almost, he's almost there along with Fincher and Tarantino. Okay, but but okay. the two most influential people in my filmmaking journey have to be Steven Spielberg and Christopher Nolan. And I, I love Nolan. I love his movies. I think Memento is an absolute masterpiece. The Dark Knight trilogy, come on. Like three of the greatest superhero movies ever made. Inception is the best heist movie ever where they're literally going into the mind of another person. Interstellar is freaking beautiful and has some of the most stunning visuals I've ever seen. The Prestige, as Lily says, is one of the best screenplays I've ever read. Tenet, Tenet I know this is a controversial pick, but I even freaking love Tenet. I, I love that movie. I think it's absolutely incredible. I think Dunkirk is one of the best war movies I've ever seen. I think Insomnia is amazing. And I even think Following is great. Like his first film his first black and white film that he made with like barely any money i still think that movie's amazing so yeah i, I love christopher nolan i love his aesthetics i love his 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 sensibilities uh i love the stories he tells i love the movies he makes i love how every single one of his movies just makes you think and throughout the movie you're constantly actively engaging with it i i think his movies are just magical freaking things and i know nolan has a lot of haters but i am not one of them i genuinely adore all of his body of work. And we are not Nolan haters over here. Oh, no, we are not. This is a safe space for him. This is a safe space for Christopher Nolan and yeah. all Christopher Nolan lovers. I can't wait for Oppenheimer. The fact that, like, you know, I've been reading so much about this film. The fact that this is going to be, like, the first movie ever to be shot in black and white IMAX. And also the fact that he's using the same visual storytelling structure that he implemented for Memento. In the sense that in Memento, you have two different storylines. One of them's in color. One of them's in black and white. Uh, and the one in black and white is is, is 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 flashbacks. And the one in color is in the present. He's doing that once again in, in Oppenheimer. Also, I think the subject matter of this film is just so, so interesting. 
Like, the idea of making a movie based on the guy who basically created the atomic bomb and who is indirectly responsible for the deaths of millions and millions and millions of people. That is freaking fascinating. And once again, as Lily says, the cast is insane. Killian Murphy, Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr. for Marvel, uh, Florence Pugh, also for Marvel, <laughs> Gary Old, Gary freaking Oldman, Gustav Skarsgård, another Skarsgård, it, it, Kenneth Branagh, Rami Malek, fucking Josh Peck. I was, I was Josh shocked. Peck. <laughs> I was like, did I, did I just see what I what I thought I saw? Josh Peck from Drake and Josh <laughs> is here. Okay. Alex Wolf from Hereditary is here. Jack Quaid from The Boys is here. Casey Affleck, as in Ben Affleck's brother and the guy who won the Oscar for Manchester by the Sea, he's also here. Alden Ehrenreich, you know, freaking Solo from Solo, A Star Wars Story. Everyone's here. D- Dane DeHaan, okay? The freaking Green Goblin from from The Amazing Spider-Man. And he, he, also, he also had an amazing role in, in, in The Place Beyond the Pines. But everyone's in this movie. I can't freaking wait. It looks absolutely incredible. Anyway, um, my number four. <laughs> I, I'm beginning to realize that Lily's just still is stealing all of my picks. So when when I mention them, there's just nothing else to discuss. But my number four is the killer. Okay. Uh, David Fincher is the killer, and you know we've talked about it. David Fincher. He's also, in my opinion, one of the best filmmakers of all time. I can't wait to see him go back into the crime thriller genre uh, with this film. I'm so so excited. Anyway. Anyway. What's your number three? <laughs> number three is i was so surprised when i saw this this is a the first film adaptation of one of my childhood books that i read um it was a family favorite Uh and that is are you there god it's me margaret have you heard of that no it's judy bloom I have no idea what that is. <laughs> Judy Bloom. Oh my gosh. You should get into Judy Bloom. It's never too late. Um I will make a note of it. <laughs> these are like children's novels. Judy Bloom. And um I read this when I was a little girl and I can't believe it's making it onto the big screen what 50 years later and it's I don't know. I really enjoyed it as a kid, so I'm excited. I might want to reread it because I kind of forget a lot because it was it's been a while, but it's a coming of age story of like a young girl. Um she's just discovering more about herself. Um huh. So I'm excited to see that just cuz it's I don't know. It was so nostalgic. Like I was so surprised to see um that name when I searched up what, when I was looking at what's coming out amazing <laughs> it's coming for april 2023 incredible hey we, we better go to the movies and watch it lily and it's rachel mcadams is in it she's rachel mcadams it's Ra- like if if you don't know judy bloom you can at least go for rachel I do, mcadams i do know rachel mcadams okay <laughs> uh yeah no I, i'm so glad you brought this up because this film completely flew over my radar <laughs> like i i don't even have it in my in my in my lightning round stuff so I'm so glad you mentioned it. I will definitely keep an eye out on it, like especially knowing how deep of a connection you have with the original source material. I'm yeah. I'm pretty sure, you know, whenever the book comes out, we're going to have an in-depth discussion of all the differences from the source material yeah. to the yeah. adaptation. We'll see what they what they change and keep the same. But yeah, I'm so excited. Oh. I'm so happy for you, Lily. Well, it, it's not in my list, spoiler alert. But <laughs> considering that I didn't even know what it was, it's it's not in my list. Um, my number three is a film that I, I, I genuinely can't wait to watch this movie. 
I love A24. I think A24 is <laughs> one of the best studios working today. Like, yeah. their movies are thought-provoking. They blend genres. They they defy expectations. They they defy genre uh, rules, I guess. Their movies are incredible. But there, if there is one filmmaker that, in my opinion, is the most synonymous to A24, it, ha- it has to be Ari Aster. And his two films that he has made for the studio, Hereditary and Midsommar, are some of the best horror movies I've ever seen, especially Hereditary. I freaking love Hereditary. Hereditary is actually my favorite A24 movie of all time, and one of, yeah, generally one of my favorite horrors of all time. So yeah, the fact that Ari Aster has a new film coming out this year, and the fact that it is such an extreme departure from everything that he has done before, like, you know, previously he has worked very much, very entrenched in the horror genre, But the fact that this time he's going outside the horror genre to do like this weird, trippy, surrealist epic about the life of a person as he's looking back at his life and, you know, the many mistakes he made. The fact that it's Joaquin Phoenix as the main character acting as himself as a little boy, as a teenager, as a man and as an as, as an adult and then as an old person. Okay, the movie's called Bo is Afraid. I just realized I never said the title. <laughs> it's called Bo is Afraid. Um, yeah. The trailer looks insane. Like I think I've seen the trailer like 15 times by now. Like yeah. I, it's it's it just blows my mind. I can't w- wait for this movie. You know, word on the street is that this film, like the current cut of this film, is like three hours long. And all I say is, it's bring it on. Like I I want to see this. I need to see this <laughs> right freaking now. Lily, I know you're not the biggest horror fan. So what are your thoughts? Spoiler alert. I have this one in my number <gasps> one no! spot. I was so shocked. I'm not a big horror, like stressful Whoa. situation fan, but like the trailer, it's I insane. Th- and it, it did a really good job not giving too much away, but also showing all of these kind of the artistic aspects that they bring in kind of later in the trailer. I'm so excited. And it, but it doesn't look, I don't know. It looks a little bit psychological and stuff, but I think what I can't deal with is like more like jumpy horror, but it doesn't uh-huh. look like that. So I think this is going to be okay for me. Um, and then, yeah, like the aging and all that stuff. It just looks so cool. The makeup. I- I'm excited. I am so happy about this. <laughs> I can't believe Bo is afraid <laughs> you is your number one. Yeah, I genuinely am. I, I didn't think this one was going to be in your list because of, you know, the fact that I know that you're not the biggest fan of horror and... You know, Ari Aster is synonymous with horror, so. Mm. But I'm I'm so pleasantly surprised, Lily. I look forward to watching this one with you in the near future. Yeah, hopefully, we've got a. Amazing. Anyway, so uh, that was your number. That was my number three. What is your number two? Lily? Okay, number two, I have. They were they're pretty interchangeable. My number two <laughs> and my number one, um, and they're pretty similar. Just uh-huh. kidding. It's. Barbie. Of course it is. <laughs> of course it's Barbie. <laughs> so these are actually kind of contrasting, but um, Barbie and Bows of Raid. <laughs> what a beautiful double feature. Too. That should be one of our double features. Just pair those together. For see what sure. happens. Um, but it's a Greta Gerwig. It is. So I'm so excited. Um, I like her acting, her directing, everything all around. So I'm, I'm so excited about that, and the trailer. Oh yeah. Are you kidding? It looks oh, yeah. so good. Margot Robbie. I was so excited to see her. <laughs> She looks perfect for the role of Barbie. Um and then also 
Do you know Emma Mackey? She is like the actress from Sex Education. Uh-huh. And everyone's always thought that she looks so much like Margot Robbie and she's in this. So I'm not sure exactly what role she's going to play, but I don't know why that's like part of the reason that I'm so excited. But like, I am just so excited to see like, I don't know, like if they're sisters or something or I, we'll see what happens there. But she's part of the cast. so I'm excited about that. Um, yeah. I mean, and Ryan Gosling, just, <laughs> everything looks so beautiful about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not the most knowledgeable about the Barbie lore. I, I don't know anything about okay, the Barbie lore, Okay, well, I lore, grew actually. up watching... Okay, this is another nostalgia <laughs> one. Well, I'm yeah. having a little trend here. Um, I grew up watching, like, the Barbie movies. Fairytopia. Yeah, Fairytopia, Mermaidia. <laughs> Shout out Mermaidia. That was my favorite one. Um, go watch that. <laughs> uh, uh, maybe not. <laughs> I'll watch a Marvel movie, maybe, if you watch a Barbie movie. And Deal. then... We're shaking hands We're right shaking now. We're shaking hands right now. It's I'm watching happening. a Marvel movie and Lily's watching a... No, no I'm Lily's watching, watching a Marvel <laughs> movie that I will pick. And I am watching a Barbie movie that Lily will yeah, pick. It looks like this is taking a bit of a turn from the classic, fun little ch- made-for-children Barbie movies. Oh, yeah. But it's still Barbie. And so... Yeah. I'm still excited. No, I mean, I once again, I'm not familiar with the Barbie lore. So I don't know if Emma McKay could be playing like an, another version of Barbie. Like, you know, the, these dolls are mass produced. So True. who knows if maybe there are many Barbies and that's why they look like each other. Or maybe they're part of the Barbie family. You know, like hey, I'm sure she has like sisters and brothers. and She does have sisters. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know anything <laughs> about this. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, Barbie, this is a film that is not in my list, but it, it used to be. It used to be. Like, if you would have asked me last year, like, around halfway through the year, I, I this film would have been in my list. Um, Greta Gerwig directing, very excited about that. Noah Baumbach writing. I love Noah Baumbach. I still do. I love Frances Ha, and I freaking adore Marriage Story. I think Even that's one of the most... traumatized from yes, white noise. That is, that is literally the only reason why Barbie is no longer oh in my top my ten. Oh, my gosh. Because I know so that dramatic. Noah Baumbach is involved. No. And... After white noise, I don't know. After white noise, I'm a bit nervous. <laughs> but that, that's genuinely the only reason. Because the trailer looks insane. The trailer looks so freaking good. The fact that they're doing a homage to 2001 A Space Odyssey. Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey. Freaking Ryan Gosling and Simu Leo dancing their ass off. It, 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 it just looks so full of energy. So colorful. I've also heard that apparently this film is going to be like very subversive. Like It's not going to be your typical Barbie movie. Yeah. Um, it's, it's apparently gonna, um, like really delve into like gender stereotypes and stuff like that and deconstruct yeah. some stuff. So let's see what Barbie purists think about that. It might be a bit controversial, but I'm very excited. But once again, it's just that, it's just that white noise taste in my mouth. Oh my gosh. I can still hear the white noise. <laughs> <sighs> okay. So, anyway, uh, my number two is a movie that we've discussed already and it is Oppenheimer. Yes. Even though... I would say Christopher Nolan is my favorite director of all time. It is my number two. There is still one film that I put put above Oppenheimer. And I guess we'll wait and see to see which one that is. But yeah, you know, Oppenheimer, once again, I adore Christopher Nolan with every fiber of my existence. He is the reason why I decided to pursue filmmaking. And he is the reason why I'm here right now. His movies have impacted me in ways that I can barely even express. Um... I've cried. I, I've not. Don't worry, Lily. It, it's all good. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they, yeah, they look like that. But they just they. We're talking about the buttons and why they're turned off. But um, yeah, the, the point is, I, I, I love Christopher Nolan, and I can't wait for Oppenheimer. Yeah. 
Anyways, what's your number one, Lily? Your most anticipated film of the year, which... Well, we've already talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> number one, Bo is Afraid. I'm very excited. A24 had an insane 2022. Oh, and yeah. so I basically... I'm excited for all of the ones that are looking like they're coming out in 2023. So, and this was just happening. One of the ones that caught my eye, especially. So, hell yeah. Now, my number one, the film that I put above. Oh my gosh. The film I'm that nervous. I put above <laughs> the movie from my favorite director of all time. The movie that beats Oppenheimer, Bo is Afraid, The Killer, Killers of the Flower Moon, and all others. It's none other than Denis Villeneuve's conclusion to the sci fi masterpiece that is Dune. Mm. Dune Part 2 is coming out this year and I can't freaking wait. Dune Part 1, it's just, for me, number one or number two best movie of 2021 and generally one of the best science fiction movies I've ever seen. Have you read it? I adore the books. I've read read the first four books in the Dune saga. Oh my gosh. Uh, And... The like okay, I've I've read I've read the first four books. Um, I've seen the the David Lynch version, his adaptation of the first Dune book, and it's terrible. It's so freaking bad. I know some people like it because it's like one of those campy things, and it's like oh, it's so bad, it's good. Nah, it sucks. Okay, it freaking sucks. It's a disservice to the book. But here, what Denis Villeneuve was able to accomplish in his first film, the way he was able to adapt this book so effortlessly and so beautifully. It was absolutely incredible. It blew my mind. The spectacle was on point. The dialogue was incredible. The story was incredible. The acting was incredible. The music by Hans Zimmer. Oh my God. What a freaking fantastic score. The sets were amazing. The VFX were amazing. The the, the ambience, the mood, the tone. Everything about Dune was firing on all cylinders. And, you know... Even though it was a controversial pick, and even though a lot of people complained about the first Dune movie, and they were like, oh, you know, it's it's missing the ending. What happened? It ended halfway through. Well, yeah, that's because the first Dune movie is just the first half of the first book. And this second Dune movie, which is coming out this year, is going to be the conclusion of the first book. We're going to see big fights. We're going to see big spectacle. We're going to see payoff to things that were set up in the first movie. Freaking... Austin Butler is joining the cast. Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh is joining the cast <laughs> as Princess Irulan. I'm, I can't, I'm so excited. I'm so freaking excited. Denis Villeneuve is also one of my favorite filmmakers of all time. Dune is one of my favorite movies of his, along with Incendies or Incendies. I never know how to pronounce that thing. But I can't wait for Dune Part 2. As a big fan of Fr- Frank Herbert's work, I can't wait to see Dune finally being brought to life as it deserves. So yeah. So yeah, are there any? Of and the, that is not inside your top ten, Lily. It's not inside my top ten. <laughs> that's um, fine. That's fine. You still have time to become a Dune fanatic. I do. There's time. <laughs> when, it, when did you say? Did it say when well, it's coming? I think it's coming out like October or November. Like they're they're you know they're setting it up for award season, which makes sense. The first one was a big awards juggernaut. Plenty of time. So yeah, that's that's our top ten. Uh, just a you know little rundown, Lily. What are your your ten? My top 10, I have Showing Up, Wonka, Asteroid City, The Killer, Killers of the Flower Moon, The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, Oppenheimer, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, <laughs> Barbie, and Bo is Afraid. I love your list. Lady. <laughs> uh, my top 10 is number 10, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, number 9, Rebel Moon, number 8, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, number 7, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, number 6, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Rares, number 5, Killers of the Flower Moon, number 4, The Killer, number 3, Bo is Afraid, number 2, Oppenheimer, 
Number one, Dune Part Two. I love your list too. Thank <laughs> it's you. It's great. <laughs> look at this. Look at this. Look at this kindness. Look at this. Uh, it's love all around.、Bye. Anyway. It is now time we jump into a very quick lightning round. So once again, the way this is gonna work is I'm gonna go through different categories and I'm gonna say titles of movies that are coming out this year that belong to that category. And Lily, very quickly, you know, in a lightning round style, you just give me your first impression, your first thoughts. If you have no idea what the hell that is, you can tell me. <laughs> I have、I've、no idea what them, that is. I'll give yes, the first thoughts. Anyways, so we are jumping right into our first category, which is outer. Okay. Okay. So the first film in the auteur category, Dune Part Two. I'm excited. Amazing, Oppenheimer. Yeah, obviously that's up on both of our lists. I'm really, really can't wait. Killers of the Flower Moon. Yep. Bo is afraid.、Exciting. Which one? Bo is afraid. Your、oh, number、yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> my number one. Yep, that's my number one. Asteroid City. Also up there, Wes Anderson. Very excited. Barbie. Yes. Okay,、Barbie. now those are the ones that we covered already. But I'm. I'm those are auteur. I I would put them auteur. I think Greta Gerwig has an uh, auteur. Uh,、mm. I I would count I Greta Gerwig as an auteur. I never put her as an auteur.、Um, I think、really? her and Noah Baumbach are like、okay. they're both auteurs. The combination.、Um, so those are the ones that we already mentioned. Now、yeah. next one. Next goal wins. Have you heard of this one, Lily? Yeah, I have heard of that one. This is the new Taika Waititi movie,、mm-hmm. and it also starts Michael Fassbender. Oh, are you yeah. excited? Oh yeah. I'm excited about that. I forget what it's about though. It's about a terrible f- football, and this is football as in soccer, like you know, real football, not not freaking American football. Oh my god!、Uh, but this, <laughs> this is about a terrible football team and how Michael Fassbender、oh, is like turning them into yeah, okay, yeah, improves them, and you know, it looks like it's gonna be funny and charming and and cool. So you're excited for next whole wins? Yes, <laughs> I'm excited as well. It would have been on my top ten if it wasn't for Thor: Love and Thunder, which, in my opinion, is one of the worst comic book movies I've ever seen. <laughs> so my faith in Taika has been a bit diminished. Then Maestro, this is、oh. a film about the life of Leonard Bernstein, and it is written and directed by Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Cooper. Hell yeah! Yeah, the makeup also looks insane. He was like unrecognizable. I'm excited about that. I'm also very excited. Moving on, Poor Things. Lily, have you heard of Poor Things?、Mm. No. This is the new film from director Yargos Lanthimos, who is the guy who did The Lobster, The Killing of a Sacred Deer, and The Favorite. He's like a very indie, very artsy, very weird,、okay. trippy filmmaker. I love The Lobster. I'm not the biggest fan of The Killing of a Sacred Deer, and I really like The Favorite. I'm very excited. This one stars like Emma Stone and Willem Dafoe, and、mm. apparently the story is like about a woman who who dies, but then they they put the brain of her unborn child inside of her. So now it's like, yeah, it's super、That's、weird. That's very strange. It's it's gonna be insane, and I can't <laughs> wait to see Emma Stone acting like a baby in the body of a woman. It's gonna be insane. <laughs> yeah.、Um, anyway, moving on.、Uh, the killer. Ah,、oh, we've been through that. That's David Fincher. Been there. Now the last one in my auteur category, Napoleon. Uh, I haven't looked into that. This one is going to be directed by Ridley Scott, who he's a, he's a bit hit and miss. You know, he has some amazing films.、Um, I'm a fan of a lot of his movies. You know, he did Blade Runner, he did Alien, he did Gladiator, he did he did a bunch of great films. I really loved、um, freaking The Last Duel, which came out in 2021. I thought that one was amazing. So I'm very excited for Napoleon, and it stars Joaquin Phoenix as Napoleon Bonaparte. So excited. I'm excited now. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! Okay, that's it for the outer category. Now, superhero category. Oh gosh! One word, very quick. Ant-Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. 
I have no clue what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Lily. Okay, this is the next Marvel movie. It's coming out in February. Uh, it's going to be the third film in the Ant-Man, Ant-Man story. And this film is going to be big because they're going to be introducing their next Thanos. Like, they're going to be introducing their next big villain. Oh, thank that they're going to be building we, up for the next another. few years. Hell yeah. And this villain is going to be Kang the Conqueror. And he's going to be played by Jonathan Mayers, who is going to have... He's going to have an incredible freaking year this year. I'll take your word for it. So I, I'm very excited for Ant-Man. The I can tell. I, I actually just got invited to, for a press screening for that film on the 15th Ooh, of February. And I can't fancy. freaking wait. Anyway, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. We've been through it. I'm very excited. You haven't seen the Guardians movies? I'm glad you're excited. <laughs> Now, The Marvels, the sequel to Captain Marvel, which also brings together Miss <laughs> Marvel and Monica Rambeau. Oh, <laughs> Okay. Those are words. <laughs> I are you excited for that one? Uh, not really. Okay. I was. <laughs> <laughs> I I wasn't the biggest fan of Captain Marvel. I think that's bottom tier MCU. And Miss Marvel, ugh, yeah, Miss Marvel wasn't for me. So the idea of both of those mediocre things coming together in one thing that could potentially be double the mediocrity, I'm. I'm not excited, but I'm I'm looking forward to being pleasantly surprised. Let, let's see. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. We've covered it. I've, I'm freaking dying to watch it, and Lily still needs to finish the first one. Yes, I'll <laughs> get on that. But I am really excited for this one. It, I, I, it was on my radar. Hell yeah. Now, what about Craven the Hunter? What's that? <laughs> what do you think it's about? Craven? What is it called? Craven the Hunter. The Hunter. Yeah. Um, I have no freaking clue. <laughs> Craven the Hunter is a classic Spider-Man villain. Uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson is playing Craven in this uh, Sony film. <laughs> But once again, we've established that I have no faith in Sony. Outside of the Spider-Verse films, I have no faith in Sony. I hate Venom. I hate Morbius. So I'm not excited for Craven the Hunter. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> Is it though? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> do you, do you care? Yeah, I'm actually really um, heartbroken about that. One. So that's that in regards to Marvel. Now DC, DC superhero <laughs> movies. Shazam, Fury of the Gods, Lily. Yes. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm not that excited. You know, I thought the first Shazam movie was fine. I I thought the last trailer that they released for Fury of the Gods was pretty freaking great. Uh, I like how they're bringing in Greek mythology and like the daughters of Atlas and Minotaurs and you know Greek mythology beings. I think that's really cool. Uh, but you know all of these DC movies they just seem pointless now that we know that James Gunn is literally gonna reboot the entire universe which he's gonna be announcing his new DCU tomorrow. So yeah Shazam Fury of the Gods. Meh. I mean I'll watch it. I'll go to the theaters but I'm, I'm not that excited. Now, Blue Beetle. Tell me about Blue Beetle, Lily. I know you're dying to watch that one. You know, I wish I could. It's like the Blue Beetle. Um, it's not about the Beatles. Just let me tell you that. It's not about the Beatles, though. That's what yeah. I was going to say. It's more poetic. It's more... <laughs> more poetic than the Beatles. Metaphorical. It's a metaphor, basically. Yeah. Well, what I'm trying to say. It's actually about a Latino guy who, you know, gets conjoined to like an alien symbiote that is the Blue Beetle and he becomes like the Blue Beetle superhero. But Okay, yeah. I'm not excited about this one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, I'm I'm a Latino guy. I'm excited to be surprised. I I, I, I hey, I wish the best for him, but you know, once again, <laughs> the current DCU oh, the Yeah, the current DCU is just dying. Like we're just waiting to see it end. Um, and also, the fact that this movie was meant to be an HBO Max release, but then they changed it to theaters at the last minute, that doesn't give me faith. It's like, if, if you guys were going to dump this in your streaming service, then 
it's probably not the greatest. Anyway, The Flash, Lily. Are you excited for The Flash? Are you excited for The Flash? Oh, I'm actually very excited for The Flash. Okay. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not so high on all of this DC superhero movies because once again, it's ending. It's coming to an end. There's mm-hmm. no point. But The Flash, this I'm very one? excited for it. Okay. And the main reason why I'm the most excited for it is two words or three words. Michael freaking Keaton. Michael Keaton is coming back as Batman. Fuck yes. <laughs> We're going back into the Tim Burton Batman universe. Flash is going to run through a bunch of different universes. There are going to be cameos from many DC movies throughout history. And Michael Keaton's Batman is going to be one of the main characters in the film. And I can't wait to see him donning the suit once again. That's pretty exciting. I'm also excited because the director is Andy Muschietti, who directed the first It movie. And I, I, Well, he directed... The two It movies, mm-hmm. but we don't talk about the second one. Yeah. Uh, I know you're not a horror fan, no, so no, <laughs> I assume I, you haven't seen them. <laughs> I, I'll just agree with you for the sake of Hell your yeah. argument. No, but the, I mean, the first It movie was great, and I, I I think Andy Muschietti is very talented. And the other reason why I'm very excited for this movie is because it has screened to a certain audience, and it has gotten some great cinema Ooh. scores. Audience members are loving this. Really? Like, this film scored in the high 80s or low 90s. I can't remember that is unheard of for like test screenings. Yeah, it, it is. It is freaking unheard of. Like that is so so high. Um, anyway, very excited for the Flash. Now the last movie in the DC category and also in the superhero category, Aquaman: The Lost Kingdom. Tell us about Aquaman, Lily. I can't. I wish I could. <laughs> There's so a kingdom, and it is. How lost. many of these Aquaman have there been? There are only two. Okay. This is the second one. <laughs> okay. So there's only one. So did you like the first one? I thought the first one was so much fun. Okay. So hopefully this one doesn't let you down. Yeah. Dude, I mean, Jason Momoa playing Aquaman. He's like ultimate surfer boy playing <laughs> ultimate water boy. There's there's a freaking octopus playing like freaking drums in the movie. It, it's so silly. It's so insane. The final battle has like laser sharks fighting crabs that are throwing like molten magma rocks and then in the middle of nowhere you have like this huge kraken leviathan thing that is voiced by oh i'm blanking on her name um julie julie andrews what what is the name of mary poppins mary poppins voices a giant sea creature okay that's that's insane amber heard is in this uh, Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, every single DC movie has controversies. I didn't mention it, but Ezra Miller, the main actor of The Flash, he's also being charged with some pretty questionable stuff. But, you know, I don't support him. Well, them. Their, their pronouns are them. I don't support Ezra Miller, but I support everyone else behind The Flash. That's why I'm still very excited for The Flash. And same with Aquaman The Lost Kingdom, you know. I don't support Amber Heard, and I, I don't think she's the greatest human being ever. Uh, but I think that so many so many talented people did their best to make this movie that, you know, I don't see why one person should tarnish the work of hundreds of others. Okay. So I'll still go watch it, You'll and still I'm still excited. It. Okay. And I, I hope it's fun. You know, I hope we get more laser sharks versus magma-throwing crabs and more giant monsters. Oh, there are also, like, dinosaurs in the middle of the Earth. It's insane. The first Aquan movie oh, is gosh. insane. <laughs> Anyway, that's it for the superhero section. <laughs> I'm gonna, oh, no. I'm gonna miss this part. <laughs> Moving on to the franchise film section. So these are still franchises. These are still like blockbustery franchise movies, but they're not superhero films. Best and Furious. <laughs> hey, we're we're, we're about to get for time. that one. 
what if this one they travel back in time, Lily? You never know. You never know, and that's why you just have to keep watching. Lily, them. you see, you just don't get it. It's all about family, okay? <laughs> it's all about family. You just you just don't get Dom Toretto's wisdom. Hey, hey fuck it. Let's begin with Fast Ten, F- Fast and Furious Ten, Lily. So excited about oh, that. Oh, I'm dying. dying. <laughs> I'm dying right now to see it. Actually, scrap that. This is my number one most anticipated <laughs> of the year. Uh, I've seen like two Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> yeah, we're not the biggest Fast and Furious fans over here. I saw two of them and halfway through I was like, this is just, it's just too ridiculous. Like, it's just too ridiculous. Like, I don't, I don't, like, I'm fine with movies like breaking rules of physics for entertainment purposes. But when you break every single rule of physics, that's too much. <laughs> that's too much. When they, dude, there's, in the eighth movie, I think, like, Dwayne Johnson, like, redirects a submarine missile with his muscles while he's, like, like, drifting on ice in his car. It's, it's insane. Then, like, in the ninth one, they go to space in a car. (laughs) And then they try to dock the car. Oh, sorry. That's a bit much. They try to dock the car in the International Space Station. (laughs) It's it's insane. So, yeah, fast So, uh, what we have is that it's coming out. It no is other comment, out. but it's coming. <laughs> and we're probably going to learn some more about family. <laughs> family. Hey, here's the deal. If any one of you guys are listening, if any one of you guys send us <laughs> a letter to uh, our CITR PO box, I don't know what it is. You'll have to find it. Go to the website, CITR. If any of you listening sends us a letter, a physical piece of mail asking us to go watch Fast 10, Lily and I will that's, go watch it to theaters. That's the reason that we would. Is, yeah. that, is that is that? Do we have a deal, yeah, Lily? Yeah, that's fair. Amazing. Okay, <laughs> it's it's in your hands now. Yeah, we shook hands on that. So yeah, it's yeah. up to you guys now. Uh, okay, moving on. Creed three. <laughs> Lily's face is so <laughs> funny right now. <laughs> this is ridiculous. What do you think? Uh, I love the Creed movies. I I love Rocky. Okay, I I fucking love Rocky. I grew up with Rocky. I think Rocky one and Rocky two are two of the best sports movies ever made. Rocky 3, Rocky 4, Rocky 5, eh, not the best. Then the sixth one, Rocky Balboa, is like kind of good already. And then Creed. Creed is a freaking masterpiece. I love the first Creed movie. <laughs> I think it's my favorite Rocky film. Then Creed 2 was fine, but it wasn't that great. But hey, I'm excited. I'm excited for Creed 3. And lo and behold, who is Creed fighting in this film? None other than Jonathan Mayers, who we previously mentioned because he's going to be playing Kang the Conqueror in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Oh my gosh, that's exactly who I would want to be playing. Absolutely. Perfect. (laughs) Hell yeah, I love your excitement, Lily. (laughs) Moving on, John Wick Chapter 4. Did we mention this one already? No. Not at all. (laughs) Have you seen the previous John Wick films? No comment. <laughs> no comment. I, I love the previous John Wick movie, so I'm, I'm very excited. You know, that said, the third one started getting a bit too ridiculous, so that's the only reason why it's not in my top four, but, you know, the stunts that are in display in these films are just breathtaking and incredible. Uh, Chad Stahelski knows what he's doing, and I, I love Keanu Reeves. Whoa. So, <laughs> so I, I, I'm pretty excited for John Wick Chapter 4. Now, Transformers Rise of the Beasts. I've never seen Transformers. <laughs> I've seen like three of them and I'm not the biggest fan. So yeah, we can skip through this one. Okay. <laughs> now, Mission Impossible. Oh, we've talked about that one. The Hunger Games. We've talked about that one. Wonka. We've talked about that one. The Ghostbusters sequel. Oh. <laughs> the sequel to the 2021 version with Finn Wolfhard and Paul Rudd. I didn't watch that one. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. I, I like the 2021 version. I'm excited for this one. You know, I hope it's charming. 
Hell yeah. Moving on, uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. We've talked about that one. The Little Mermaid, the live-action remake yeah, of The Little Mermaid. That one I can say I'm excited for. Are you really, or are you being sarcastic? No, I am. <sighs> I, I, I just think about this Disney live-action remakes and just my blood boils. What? I fucking hate them. <laughs> I hate All of them. No. Okay. Um, uh, Cruella, was, Cruella was good. I liked Cruella. I liked Cruella, and I enjoyed Pete's Dragon, and I enjoyed... Uh, all the princess ones? You didn't like those? Dude, the thing is, like, Disney has already made these movies, and they are perfect. Like, Beauty and the Beast is a perfect movie. C- Cinderella is an incredible movie. Yeah, but, like, you just get to, like, watch Emma Watson, like... Yeah, you just get to see worst versions no. of... Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's... I'm like, Disney, come on, man. Like, they, for me, this film's... Like, the Disney live-action remakes, the remake of Pinocchio, oh my god, the remake of Mulan... Oh my freaking god. The remake of of Dumbo. They're so bad. They're so fucking bad. That it, they just make my blood boil and in my opinion they represent everything that's wrong with Hollywood right now. Like they're just soulless cash grabs <laughs> that are made with the only purpose of getting people to be like, "Oh, nostalgia. nostalgia let's go watch it." And then they go see a subpar version of what they already saw. The live-action remake of The Lion King is literally a copy-and-paste, blatant rip-off of the original. And they didn't even credit the original people. They messed up all the movies. It's, uh, Dude, they sing Can You Feel the Love Tonight in the middle of the freaking day. Okay? Okay. Um... <laughs> so I'm, I'm not excited. I mean... Ah, part of me is excited because I love <laughs> The Little Mermaid. Like, I, I I, think The Little Mermaid is one of the greatest Disney animated movies of all time. And I also love Lin-Manuel Miranda. You know, the mastermind behind Hamilton and In the Heights and Moana and Encanto. I love him and I love his music. And I and he's behind the music in The Little Mermaid. So I'm kind of excited, but uh, I don't like this Disney live action remakes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot to take in. Um... <laughs> Next. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Extraction 2. Uh, we can skip through it. Uh, yeah, that's a uh, Chris Hemsworth action movie no, for Netflix. No words. Uh, Legally Blonde 3? No words for that uh, one. I haven't, I haven't seen any that. of them. Watch the first one, though. <laughs> I, I will. Okay. Uh, Magic Mike's Last Dance. I know you're so excited for this one, Lily. I've never seen any of those. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> they, they look kind of steamy. Uh, what, why are you looking so concerned? I don't know. Really? Some people are doing like weird things. Outside oh. <laughs> um, anyway, that's it for the for the franchise films category. Now the wild card. Um, you Can know I what? throw in a wild card? Yes, I think it might be in there. Throw it. But the Super Mario Bros. Oh, movie. that's coming. That's coming in the animated section. But okay. Well, you know what? Let's let's, let's skip the, let's now. skip the wild card. Let's go to the animated section. What do you think about the Super Mario movie? Like, I'm excited because I like the super mario bros but you like really you sh- like the super mario bros i'm not really sure about the plot <laughs> like with bowser being villainized like i'm not sure about that wait are you are you a bowser apologist well like <laughs> I was, whoa i was just a bit confused I'm, maybe there'll be like a little twist we'll see are you excited about it i hell yeah i am <laughs> i think mario was like one of my first obsessions i, I just played all of those games and i you know I, I i i tried to memorize the names of all the characters and all the different locations and it, it, it was so vibrant and so colorful and so nice and charming that i i, I used to love mario when i was a child you know of course that, that passion has kind of died down in me but you know, there's a nostalgic part of me that is kind of excited to see what they do. Plus, freaking Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong and Jack Black as Bowser. 
and Chris Pratt as Mario, and Keegan-Michael Key as Toad, and Anya Taylor-Joy as Peach. Aww. <laughs> that voice cast is... It's, it could be either great or terrible. Let's wait and see. Um, anyway, um, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, we've talked about that. Elemental. Pixar's Elemental. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that one. <laughs> the elements. I'm yes. excited for that. Yeah. I feel like... They're pretty steady. I like Pixar's. Yeah, I wouldn't say as of late, but yeah, they used to be very reliable. Okay. Lately, with freaking Lightyear and uh, Lightyear and Luca, and kind of to some extent Turning Red. Like I, I still think Turning Red is great, but those three films, like the last three films, are not, in my opinion, are not on the same level of what Pixar used to be. Except for Soul, I love Soul. Soul's mm. amazing, but I, I, yeah, I'm excited. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. No comment? No comment on that. Moving on. Trolls 3. <laughs> no comment. I think I might have seen the first one, but I actually don't even remember. <laughs> it didn't stick with me. I'm sad to say. Hell yeah. Now, Wish. I haven't heard of that. This is a new, like, Disney animated. Like, not Pixar, but, like, Disney. Oh. It's, like, Ariana DeBose, who played uh, Anita in West Side Story, in the new West Side oh, Story. She's, okay. she's voicing the main character. Cool. That's cool, I guess. And there's, like, a star. Like, one of the characters is a star. S- okay. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> like, Wish Upon a Star. Oh, and stuff. That's why it's called Wish. Cute. <laughs> um, and then there's also Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget. <laughs> I mean, that actually sounds pretty cool. I, yeah. Like, <laughs> I kind of want to see that. I, I used to be scared of the first one when I was a child. <laughs> What's the first one called? It's like Chicken Run. Just the first. Okay. Yeah, it, it's like it's like Wallace and Gromit style animation, like claymation stuff. I, I don't know why I was oh, scared okay. of them, but <laughs> yeah, that's it. That one haunted you. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, last section. We're, we're not talking about Sundance films because then it's going to get way too long. But uh, yeah, um, let's talk about the horror movies, Lily. Scream 6. I will not be talking about the horror <laughs> movies. Like, I'm not going to have any comment. Okay, on so these. I'll just, I'll just speed run through piece. this one. Screen 6, uh, I, I like Screen 5, let's see what happens. Evil Dead Rise, I'm not the biggest fan of Raimi's Evil Dead, I know, I know. I'm not the biggest fan of campy horror, I prefer when horror takes itself seriously, so... But let's see, let's see, I'm excited. The Nun 2, I don't know, the the Conjuring spin-offs have been so freaking bad that I don't know. Uh, the Exorcist, I love the original Exorcist. 1973 Exorcist is one of the best horror movies ever made, and just one of the best movies ever made, period. And the fact that they're remaking it, once again, it's the same argument as the Disney things. Like, why? Like, it's it's perfect already. Don't don't touch it. <laughs> Especially the people who are touching it are not the best. Um, Infinity Pool, that one just came out last week. I just saw it. it oh. It's pretty creepy. It's pretty trippy. It's Brendan Cronenberg, the son of David Cronenberg. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's a bit messed up. Uh, then Knock of the Cabin, that's the new M. Night Shyamalan film. The guy who made uh, Sixth oh. Sense. Oh, Unbreakable. Rupert Grint. Uh, no, that's his TV show. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan also has a TV show with... No, he's in Wait, this. is he in the movie? He's in it. No. We are Googling right now. Is he? Is he in it? Yeah, he's one of the four. The four. Oh, yeah, he There's is. There's four of them who go in the cabin. I watched You're the right. trailer for this one because, yeah, I love Rupert. So... Damn. Maybe I'll watch that, actually. It's coming out this week. Just for him. In case you want to come, watch a horror movie. I just I want to see him on the big screen, okay? Hell yeah! Uh, then sixty five, Adam Driver fights dinosaurs. What else can I? What else can I ask for? Uh, cocaine Bear! Oh Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Number one most anticipated movie of the year, Cocaine Bear. No, this one looks so bad, <laughs> but it it looks like one of those that are like so bad that if I was drunk, 
it would be fun. Um, and now the last one is uh, Renf- Renfield, which is like a new take on Dracula with Nick Cage playing Dracula. And it's like a comedy horror hybrid thingy. But that's it. That's it. That is, that is just it. Just a few little mentions. <laughs> yeah, um, just, a, 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 just a few. Uh, but yeah, anyways, that is it for this week's episode. We apologize for the very long episode. <laughs> I hope you guys took note of all the films that are coming out in 2023. Yeah. Uh, now uh, we're going to say goodbye and then we're going to leave you guys with some ads. So, yes, um, this have been Juan and Lily from the real world. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye-bye.